Hello, Internet. My name's Agent Squash. Joining me today is Table Drop. Yes, we have a new host in town. And welcome to this week's episode of Flight Sim Weekly. This week, we're going to be interviewing Meredith about controlling in the US of A. We're going to be uh, talking about the FS Lab Sharklets. And is it truly value for money? We're going to be talking about what is the best way to provide training resources as FS Academy announced their new Jetliner product, providing study-level training for the MSFS A320neo. We're going to be talking about... Um, I, well, study-level training for a plane which doesn't work. We'll be talking about that later. We'll be talking about is a mess necessary... Is mesh necessary for Microsoft Flight Simulator as Orbex release New Zealand mesh? BMDT's new DC3 and the developing scenery scene for MSFS. Once again, this is Flight Sim Weekly on the 16th of March. Not March, though, is it? It's May 2021. Joining us first, though, is Meredith, who, if I press this button, should appear on the screen. Hello, Katie. Um. Hello. How are we doing today? Oh, you know, fat and sassy as always. So, welcome to Flight Sim Weekly. Uh, firstly, for those of you who uh, aren't up at the time you stream, because you stream in the States, tell us a bit about yourself. All right. Well, um, I'm known on Twitch as the ATC Mom. Uh, I am a 30 something uh, mother of two and a half, uh, growing our third. Um, third, I guess, co-pilot would be the right term for that right now. Uh, he's going to be coming at the end of next month. Um, I've been controlling um, with uh, the Cleveland Arctic since July of last year and um, don't claim to be anywhere near a decent pilot. So, yeah, that's about it. So, first things first, um, as you may know, um, anyone who's watched podcasts for a while knows um, I also control on that sim and so does Lenny in fact um, but we control in the UK and for us the world controlling the US it's a world way from what we have in the UK and what's uh, standard across Europe and basically the rest of the world um, when you control in a network do you find you have pilots confused often by the different procedures or is that Pilots, planes to come to you uh, generally tend to be more U.S. pilots. Well, for th oh, I'm sorry. The reason I'm known as ATC Mom is I have a child uh, who's going to come in and wrap. Hang on a second. Welcome to Lights and Weekly, where you get all the fun. Um, by the way, guys, well, uh, we do sort out the mic issues and the background noise. Uh, do make sure that this week we have abandoned a form. We've decided forms are too many tabs to open on my Chrome. Instead, if you have any questions about controlling in state, we're also going to have a discussion about diversity on VATSIM. Um, and we're also going to just have or anything else we're going to be discussing in the show. Do make sure to drop it in the chat and we will on YouTube and we will make sure to have a go at trying to answer as many questions as we can. And with that... Sorry oh, about that. <laughs> I think that was the most perfectly timed link I've ever done. Sorry about that. Anyway, um, yeah, so one thing that I, I notice um, as far as um, pilots from, from different parts of the world is there will be um, the main difference that I'll hear is in my readbacks. Things like they'll say contact one tree for decimal niner instead of point niner or the, the order that's read back is different. But that's about the only major differences that I see. But I know that I'm also blessed that... Um, a lot of the pilots that I work with are knowledgeable and they'll take the time to learn and educate themselves before they jump on the network. Um, if they're used to, for example, VAT UK versus VAT US, um, they, they take the time and look at the differences and what might need to be known. So going back a bit, what got you started in controlling? So fun story about that. <laughs> um, my husband, Rec, um, he's Wreck the Red on, um, on Twitch. He is a very good sim pilot um, and prefers um, especially old Soviet planes. And 
he was watching um, some other streamers. Um, he was watching Merrick. I think he was watching you, Squash. And I know 104th Maverick was one of those as well. And going, you should get into this with me. You should get into this with me. And we have another child wanting her, her toy opened. Bring it here. Um, on my streams, I have I have Honey Girl and Sugar Drop. And this is Sugar Drop. Once again, we do apologize for the issues. Uh, again, Sorry about the child. <laughs> this, is, this is the thing. This is the thing I love about Flight Sim. We have so many different people who come and take part in the community. And it's really amazing. Don't you agree, Lenny? Lenny's just recovering his faces on the internet for the first time. I'm, I'm, I'm still recovering from that. Also, Bogan asked me if I was a soup, so... What soup would you say you are? Beef, obviously. Freaking choice. Well, guys, if Sorry. you are new to the Flights and Weekly podcast, um, definitely make sure to hit that subscribe button on YouTube or you're listening for the first time on Spotify. And follow. You can do the same on iTunes, I think, as well. Whatever. We're on iTunes? We are on iTunes. A choice of Ooh, platforms. Fancy. And that link went slightly over, and I'm very disappointed. So, yeah. What got so you in? So, anyway. <laughs> Um, so we were watching, we were watching several controllers, um, as well as several other pilots and, um, especially Merrick and you squash. Um, I saw the controlling side of it and I went, Oh, this is something that I could do. You know, I'm not, I've tried flying on his yoke and pedals and the whole setup that he's gotten. I can fly a straight line. I can't land a straight line. It's, it's not good. Um, but I can yell at people really well. And I can tell people what to do really, really well. So I decided that I try, you know, it's quarantine. We're, we're locked down. We can't go anywhere. Why don't I try a new hobby? And so I contacted Cleveland Arctic and I, uh, I passed the, um, the initial S1 test, I believe on my first try, um, as far as the, the written test and got into Cleveland Arctic and became the ground controller within three weeks, um, learned the new hobby and started streaming it. Here you go, guys. He's one fast S100 for waiting time to go to Cleveland. Um, yeah, it's better than that UK. Do you think that short wait time, uh, just completely aside, but do you think that short wait time kept you interested? The fact you were able to get started relatively quickly? That helped. Um, and I know I've heard horror stories of there's one guy I've heard that's been stuck waiting for four years in, uh, in the Germany um, training session. I feel really bad for him. Um, but that definitely did help in that I was able to focus on what I needed to learn and get it learned and put it into practice almost immediately. Um, I didn't have to wait two or three months between, between sessions. Now I know that Cleveland Arctic specifically is growing. Um, you have to wait one or two weeks now for training instead, but I've heard that that's nothing compared to you guys over in the UK and I feel bad for you. Cause I just realized you actually, so when you started, um, becoming interested in controlling that was when i was in my infancy as a streamer yeah yeah but, i've been watching you since I, I think i'm at a year watching you now everyone's starting to come through with 12 month subs at the moment and it's really quite shocking because i'm like i didn't realize i'd been streaming for that long and yet here we are and now i now i was crazy now i'm so committed i did 20 hour 21 hour i should say stream uh I think I raided you on that one. Well, put it this way. We were up so late, you couldn't let raise me. So, but aside from me flexing my success, as Daya put it in the chat. Um, so you started off as an S1. How, when you started streaming on Twitch, how did you find it? Because, dare I say it, you're the only female ATC streamer I know on Vatsyn. How did that sort of feel? I'm not going to lie to you. I milk it a little bit. <laughs> um, I, I take advantage of the fact that, um, and that's not the right word. Taking advantage of the fact is not the right word. I, I've, I've enjoyed putting myself out there as the ATC mom. And I, I specifically chose that, that nickname and that persona to take on because I realized there are a lot of kids that are into this. And I'm old enough to be some of their moms and it's kind of frightening. Um, you know, I've got 13, 14 year old pilots that come and fly with me every single time I am online. 
and I know that they're looking for that, um, that, that, I guess nurturing mindset is how I kind of, I put it in there. I take my time and I'm patient with them because Get they're away not, from me on Heathrow. Or me. You know, they, they, they see, they see that I'm on and they know that I'm going to take that extra time for them. Uh, yes. I see Jamie, Jamie Prince. <laughs> I am the ATC mom. And there are people who will log in and say, hi mom, I'm here. Okay, great. Let's get you flying. Let's go. So uh, one thing we discussed on the podcast a few weeks ago with another Katie, actually, uh, Katie Pilot, is that there is a, there is not many women who control on VATSIM or take part in VATSIM. Did you feel when you came into the environment for the first time it was potentially hard to get into? Uh, quite the opposite. I, I actually felt very welcomed and um, felt that people were eager to get me um, first in the training, eager to get me trained and up and on the network. And then as soon as I logged into the network, I felt like people were, um, especially when I started streaming it, felt like people were excited to see, oh my gosh, it's a girl streamer. Oh, oh you know, and this is a girl controller. Let's go fly into her airport. And um, I've even had some of the the guys in the Cleveland Arctic tell me they purposefully control um, the airports around where I'm at because they know they're going to get more traffic when I'm on the network. And do you feel that Sim as a network could be doing more uh, as a, to help promote diversity? I don't know if if they could as a network itself um, beyond you know, perhaps having an event like a girl's night out type event. Um, I think that there just needs to be more. .NET marketing, awareness. take note. What's that? .NET marketing should take note right now. <laughs> Did they watch the stream? I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've suggested it before to a couple of other um, female streamers, both in Cleveland and in the, the VAT USA discord um, saying, you know, we, sh we should have, we should have a girl's night out where we all control one specific area whether that means some of us have to get our visitor certification or not. Um, but also, I don't, think there's, yeah, I, don't, I don't think that there is a lot of awareness outside of the hobby that there are girls who do this too. Because if you think about flight sims, especially when you get into more of the commercial side of it, you don't see a lot of girls, even in real life, doing it. Um, you know, I, I can think of, out of all of the streamers that I follow, there's probably three or four who are consistent with it and others have either given up or moved on to different hobbies. And it's not that there's an issue with sexism that I personally have experienced, but it's just not, there's not a lot of awareness of the fact that this is actually a hobby, that this is actually something you can get into. And as far as the ATC side of it is, it's free, you know? Well, I think that's the sort of thing everyone does need to... I think awareness does need to be increased, certainly, about what is available. And more importantly, this is... you Honestly, it shocks me still how many people come into streams and say, are you a real-world controller? And I've, I've had several people ask me that, and I'm like, nope, I'm just a stay-at-home mom who likes to yell at people. Oh, uh, oh don't talk about yelling at me and Heathrow. Oh yeah, you 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 do that to me all too often, um, and to everyone else. But do so you feel like um, there has certainly been a lot of support in helping you grow on the network? Most certainly, both uh, both in the um, in the the Arctic, in the in the network itself, communicating with other pilots, and uh, also you know in the Twitch um, live streaming community, and a, a bit to the YouTube community too, because I do. Um, I don't stream on YouTube, but I do watch other YouTubers that are streamers, um, and I get a lot of support from them as well. Um, it's it's kind of weird to be recognized on other people's channels these days. I remember, honestly, is it feels so weird, doesn't it? Definitely does. So moving on to, uh, so I remember when you were an S1 and I first came in and watched your stream as an S1, uh, but now you are an S2. Moved up, uh, moved up an elevator before, flight to, before, the, uh, to the tower. Before we, uh, before we go any further, uh, clearance on request. What does it mean? 
Yeah, w what is it? <laughs> oh, right now we have a child that's asking me questions. One moment. For those of you asking in the chat, where's Tom? He is in the chat. Also, unfortunately, Tom has other things that he needs to do. So let's actually just take a moment to just talk about what we're doing. Admittedly, Lenny has been drafted in last minute as the guest host for this week. Um, which is why he's literally just seeing this running order for the first time. It always feels like what I did to Tom, but yeah. But what yeah, we're planning to do... What we're planning to... Come on? What we're planning to do in the next few weeks is we want to make Plunks in Weekly more of a debate because we got bored with just doing news and we want to have really intense, passionate debates about pe subjects people feel strongly about. Uh, we are a small community and a lot of people, a lot of people often don't see sides of the community until for a long time. And we want to introduce to those sides that's what we're sort of doing and you'll hear more about that in the next few weeks but i think i think that segue uh, also overrun a bit good morning flight sim or do i just need to put my peers hound and then just go for it anyway before i before i get uh, demolished from the internet anymore so what does the clearance on the request actually mean um clearance on request um is something I don't typically use as much just because I'm not as um, as high up in the network as uh, to be busy enough to not to need that. But typically, um, you know, just like in Bat UK, we work top down. Um, so if we have, for example, if I'm working tower and I don't have any clearance uh, clearance delivery or ground beneath me, I've got to work all those positions. Um, and if I've got planes coming in constantly and planes taxiing. Obviously, the ones that are flying take precedence over the ones that are driving, taxiing, versus the ones that are just sitting parked at the gate. So they call for clearance. All right, clearance on request. Give me just a second. I know I know you're, you're needing your clearance. Your next number, you know, clearance on request number one, clearance on request number two. We're going to get to you. I know that you need your clearance, but give me a second. So it's basically a really fancy way of saying standby. Yeah, yeah, basically, like, uh, sit down, shut up, put your seatbelt on, I'll be there in a minute. Because I just remember, I've heard on delivery frequencies in the US, and I know in the UK, we just literally can read off a strip, and that has everything we need. Is there a bit more information you need to provide in the States? Depends on the situation, and depends on the airport. Um, there are some airports that have, um, for example, in Pittsburgh, um, if you're flying a prop jet, your altitude will change um, for your initial takeoff versus if you are flying a, um, a, a jet aircraft, you're flying, flying a regular GA with just props. Um, you can, you, your initial altitude is 4,000 versus a, a jet aircraft is going to be 5,000. So it's, it's things that you have to remember. Um, a lot of times with, especially with newer pilots, um, the filed flight plan is not going to be accurate to current SIDS. Or um, one of the one of the things I see the most, and I'll show my cheat sheet here, taped up to the side of my my computer. I have Detroit's all of Detroit all of Detroit Metro's um, uh, SIDS just printed out and ready to go. And people will have an incorrect one. The most common I see is the Pavel one departure versus the Pavel two, and that changes your your RNAV waypoints drastically. Um, so I have to go through and make sure that everything's right. Um, the direction of flight obviously changes the cruise altitude. Um, and if, for example, we're in the middle of a major event, I've got five, six, seven people calling for clearance. Well, I've got to verify every single one is correct before I get to that point. So yeah, you might have clearance on request for plane number three, four, and five, because I'm checking one, two, and threes flight plans all at the same time. But that's typically, again, that's typically more if we're having a busy event night um, and say I'm working delivery instead of ground or tower on that. Definitely. Uh, I guess that makes sense, actually, because you have to file the SID in the US, which we, we just give you the new one and then you have to say if you can't take it. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we, at least, at least in my personal experience, because I, part of it is I don't want to uh, disappoint anybody. <laughs> um, 
And that's just part of that's me and part of that's my perfectionism. Um, I want to make sure that every single pilot can get up and in the air as fast as possible. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to sit in an airport the whole time. You want to be in the air. You want to be talking to the, you know, the, the approach and departure controllers and the center controllers rather than just, you know, measly little delivery tower and ground. <laughs> well, so funny you should say that. So in the UK, we're having a bit of an issue at the moment. Well, it's dying down now. The uh, lockdown restrictions are being eased in the UK. But one of the things is um, we are sectors, even ground and tower sectors and app sectors have been overloaded because of the amount of planes uh, yeah. we are getting. Do you feel the fact you attract less traffic is almost a benefit and is almost like, got to the phrasing, is it like blessing in disguise? you sort of helping new pilots and network. Yes and no. Um, as far as helping new pilots, um, definitely I can have more time and take more time to help educate. Um, cause that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's what I'm passionate about is sharing what I know and learning together, um, educating the, the, um, the pilots that are brand new to this. And if I've got a slow day at the airport, absolutely. I don't mind taking time and, for example, pulling up charts and sending links to charts via the chat to the pilot. Um, if I'm busy, I don't have time for that. And definitely there's there's more downtime, um, I've noticed, compared to the traffic that you guys get over in the UK. Um, but there's also more airports that are staffed to choose from during the peak times in the US. So, you know, instead of having, I mean, for example, the state of Michigan itself is about the size of England minus Scotland, just to give you kind of a, a good so idea. What's that? So England. <laughs> yeah, Scotland's not in England. Oh, sorry, the, the UK, England. <laughs> I feel really yeah, bad I now. Mean, <laughs> the southern half of the UK <laughs> is about the size of just my state. You know, um, the entirety of the UK can fit inside of Texas. So you have so many airports grouped together in such a small space in the UK and in VAT UK and in, in, in VATS in Europe versus you have the entire US to choose from that is staffed throughout. I'm sorry, Bogan. <laughs> I see his chat in there. I'm, yeah, <laughs> you, got, you guys got me. My, you Avoiding got me a diplomatic instant aside. Carry on. <laughs> Geography was never my strong point growing up. Anyway, but the, but my point being, there are, there are so many more options in the U.S. for and in Canada and in Mexico and all them to to um, to fly from, and so many more controllers to fly from. It does seem a little bit slower in the U.S. But Friday when I was controlling, we had eighty nine controllers on and seven hundred some odd pilots flying but it was still considered a, a slow night in KDTW. So it just, it really depends on the night and it depends on, yeah, sometimes it's a blessing in disguise and sometimes I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. You know, one of my main disappointments when you were doing the charity's theme was I managed to put it on the one weekend and it was not an FNA. Because the, the FNAs you guys do in the States are insane. Like, if you haven't already heard what FNA is, it's Friday Night Ops. They go somewhere in the US, they staff about 50 centre positions all around. And it's just manic. Have you had a chance to control for an FNO yet? Uh, well, uh, FNO was actually this past Friday. Um, but there were so many controllers on that it was still slow um, in KDTW. Uh, I think I controlled somewhere around 40 planes total over two and a half hours. And that, that felt very slow for me. So, so we... With the blessing in disguise, as we were coming back to earlier, so you said it's good to help new pilots, but you think the uh, overall saturation of controllers may make it less of a good thing that there's less traffic? I, I don't know if it's less of a good thing or not. Um, I, From the pilot side of things, I think that's exciting for them to be able to choose from so many airports uh, to be able to go to in, in uh, you know, you, for example, let's say... I mean, I'm just going to take this past weekend again. We had Bradley and Baltimore and IAD um, and JFK and, of course, DTW all 
staffed up, fully staffed up. And those are all within an hour hop from each other. So for people to be able to choose one or all of those to fly into in one night is a great option for them. So from the pilot side of things, that's a great um, blessing. Um, from the ATC side of things, yeah, we might sit around for a couple of minutes twiddling our thumbs with nothing else to do, but it is what it is, you know, and I, I, I do this to be there for the pilots. So it, it doesn't, it doesn't hurt my feelings. If you know, if, you, if that makes sense. So Daya's asking, speaking of uh, the fact, that's fact. The Daya, uh, I know, flies out of Heathrow a lot, speed to one four four all the time. Um, do you have any advice for someone who wants to um, hide their, in their shell uh, when uh, flying in the US? Because I believe it's all, you don't have the same definitions of controlled airspace as what you do in the UK. Pretty Isn't much everything. All controlled. Um, well, the, the, the thing that I tell most people um, is just get on and you can put, for example, um, in your remarks, you can put new to flying in the US and we'll take time and be more. We much rather you have the realization that. I'm sorry, you broke up a bit there. Can you say that again? Yeah, it's all going garbly and slow on my end again. My computer's. Unfortunately, my transatlantic cable did not lay itself in time for the stream. Uh, So we're having a few technical issues with the connection. Let, let me know. Do I need do I need to reset the connection again? Uh, I think oh, it's working, working fine. Okay, if it's working great, then basically, um, the the best way for a brand new pie. Oh, I cursed that. Right. What we're gonna do probably is, unfortunately, we are losing our. Connection to states. Meredith might be with us. Is it working? It looks like we lost connection, unfortunately. So we're gonna what are we gonna do is oh hang on. What we're gonna do is we're gonna briefly look at some other topics for the week and then we're gonna come back and we're gonna come and discuss a bit more about the state and talk a bit more about all those other topics we we're talking about earlier. We're going to put up to a bit more of your questions. So if you have any more questions for Meredith, if you're watching the stream, do feel free to do so. If you don't watch live streams, we're live with Lights and Weekly every single Sunday, well, apart from last week. 1700 Zulu. So if you have any questions, do feel free to ask and get them in. Wait. I feel like, I feel like, I feel like Lenny's going to have to move his face up a bit and we're going to have to talk oh. a bit about, um, oh, well, right, I, set think up I, oh. I think I'm back. Um, as much as I find it very amusing watching Lenny trying to sort out his game. Um, are we back? I think we're back. Yes. Sorry. Back. My, my. My computer did the same thing that it was doing right before stream, where it's like, and now let's have our CPU spike really, really high. Actually, let's go from that. Do you find that um, like hardware might be an issue that puts people off flight simming as a community? Potentially. I know that I'm, um, Rec and I are, per- are currently trying to... Um, well, after baby comes, uh, we're going to be upgrading my entire system. And um, with COVID and with the um, with GPU shortage, during during quarantine, it's created. Yeah, there's so much shortage and so much price spikes that are definitely um, preventing people from. I'm afraid it I'm afraid the signal died again a bit there what we're going to do is we're going to just try and get some time to diagnose the issue we're going to talk about a few other things and like I said earlier we'll uh, come back in a few moments so in other news this week um, apparently there's been a new aircraft released well not entirely new Lenny, do you want to describe what's going on? 
You can see me laughing, can't you? So, Flight Sim Labs have released Sharklets for their AC2321 in P3D. And um, Alex is obsessed. No. He, he loves his Sharklets. Oh, yes and no. You, you turned my frequency into a circus yesterday about how much you loved Sharklets for a good hour and a half. No, I, I, I said Sharklets once and then everyone joined in with me. So... Yeah. FS Labs have released the Sharklets, uh, brand new plane. Well, the brand new model, from what I understand, it's uh, obviously got Sharklets, the uh, tip, uh, two meter tips of metal at each end, an EFB at the moment. It's also got little things that are different. Uh, so, for example, the systems are changed somewhat. Uh, one thing I really like is how. Um, Basically, how my mods are going into, uh, I think, comments about me and chocolates. Your mods bully you on the regular. Oh my goodness, it's great. Um, but the flight model is different. So, if anyone's trying to fly with the chocolates, um, you'll probably find that it's very slippy. And they have simulated those little things with it. Now, Obviously, as has already been put out in the chat, they are seventy pounds. So it's seventy nine ninety nine, I believe, um, for um, for all of the chocolates, both of them. But that's what like that's a lot of money for for chocolates. So we've always had controversy in the flights and community. So last in the first episode, we discussed triple seven, and. Um, Tom will, Tom will remember we had quite an in-depth discussion about what it was like. Um, but not what it was like. How much it cost and how much of a rip-off 777 was. So, yes, I feel a bit unusual discussing, saying this is value for money. But then again, I think a lot of the thing is Flight Sim Labs have a different sort of target market, I think it's fair to say, than a lot of um, PMDG and um, other developers. So I don't think it's worth the 70 quid. I think that's definitely, definitely the first thing I'm going to say about that. I think 50 quid tops, 25 per plane. But I remember equally at the same time when I first bought the FS Labs, when it first came out, I remember everyone was saying it was not value for money. Everyone was saying it was a waste of money and that it was not worth buying. Now, obviously, we now have a large swathe of the community that now have to blame. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't get why it costs £70, because they've, they've, they've redone the model, credit to them, but the systems are the same, aren't they? Well, I know, because they've updated the systems. But I know I'm not alone in buying the chocolates, and dare I say it, it is a seller's market in Flight Sim, with Flight to Madons. When, we, when Lenny was on Heath Director the other night, he would tell, I was not the only player with chocolates. No, they, they, they made it very, very, very obvious that they had Sharklets, the ones that did. They, they, they were announcing it on every transmission. They were very proud of their Sharklets. Might be my fault, but my point still stands. As were you. <laughs> my point still stands. It yeah, is a seller's... Shark... The Sharklets, they, they are a selling point. And I feel like FS Labs have set the price at 70 because they know they can get away with it. I don't think it's not worth that, but I think people are buying it anyway because they, they want to be able to have the sharklets and there's no real other option. So it's almost like they're exploiting the market. But there is another option. There's the Aerosoft. That's not another option. But it is. And that's, that's the argument FS Labs is coming at you with. There's no real other option that's as high quality in terms of systems as the FS Labs, and they know that. And I think they do use that to an extent because they they know that if you want a chocolate 18 you can buy aerosoft but it, it then you have to use the aerosoft 
Um, let's just open up this up to chat a bit. So, what do you guys think? Are you guys going to be? Uh, are you guys going to be buying the chocolates? Are you guys interested in what's going to happen? The other day, I did put a photo of Piers Morgan uh, in the flight deck, uh, and I captioned it eloquently. I feel this is your bogan. Um, so the EFB, I think, and me and Tom as well had a very interesting discussion about this on Twitter last week and I feel Tom did hit it on the head I'm going to just quote your tweet here Tom FSLab does do things like sound handling a cars failures so much better but I'd argue do you nearly Aerosoft's argument for not going into depth with failures was uh, because people don't use them a lot of people just want to fly from A to B. A lot of things, a lot of things in the uh, FS Labs are niche things. It's like the uh, FS Labs. There's a feature that Katie was talking about on her stream the other, other day, the backup speed scale, which is now included in the chocolates, and it will be coming down to the other A320s. But what is it's stuff there. like that. That is quite intriguing to model. Like it's very, very niche. Now and the the EFB they're coming out with. Do we do we have details on that yet? So the EFB of the chocolates. Yeah. Yeah, I've been flying with it for the. Uh, oh, is for the it coming? last few is days. It already, yeah, I it was yes, it's already soon. here. So the EFB. Uh, I'm just opening it up. Here it is on the. Uh, I use it, on, well, first thing is, I don't need to have it, well, that's firstly, ignore how stuffy my iPad is. But the fact is, firstly, it's the first web-enabled EFB for flying some aircraft. Like, PMDG don't have it, Quality Wings don't have it. I can hook this up to my iPad. It's got full integration with GSX. It's got everything. Yes, I know it's coming to uh, the other aircraft. I know that. But equally, there is an element of having to recoup development costs because data, as, as has been discussed before, data especially is expensive. And when yeah. you're do buying these licensed products and you're having these EFBs that have all the data, Airbus, Boeing will charge you an arm and leg for it. It's some, where some of your 70 quid will have gone, of course, because the EFB, that costs money for data, they have to develop it as well. But they're, they're advertising this as a Sharklets aircraft, and the EFB is almost, it is included in the cost, but it's, it's almost as if it seems, to, it seems like it's not advertised the reason. Oh, yeah, why it costs I'm definitely paying. I'm definitely paying for the EFB, the coding time yeah. and everything. Because this is definitely not Zebo's little thing they have where you can activate better pushback and turn the lights on. This is a bit more than that, but it looks like. like I've, so I go, onto, um, I go onto the landing page. I've not got the plane open, but it's cash. Um, I've got all the intersections at Heathrow, all my data, LDAs, everything. Pretty much the data that FlySmart, the real-world system, give you. Well, haven't they put the data in for the um, haven't they put the data in for the um, EFB? It might not be Airbus directly, but it is. It was, it's definitely official data. I think the thing is, and I know people disagree with me on this. Um, it's overpriced, I think. I think 50 quid would be, for both planes, would be a nice price. It's £56 without that, so that's uh, $79. Definitely. It's definitely overpriced. But I don't think it's like, I don't think it is fair, like Delta was saying in the chat, it's not just putting on two chunks of metal at the end and your plane looks like this. Like, it's... For Airbus it is, but for this, yeah, they have to remodel. They do remodel. And we'll be putting a post on the Reddit uh, Reddit r slash flights and weekly. That'll be going up straight after the show. And I want to hear your thoughts, because we're going to come back to this next week where hopefully... Uh, someone a bit more knowledgeable on the FS Labs will be joining us and a bit more knowledgeable about uh, the plane. 
itself joining us and we'll be able to have a true contrast and and hopefully have a nice in-depth discussion about all of that and speaking of in-depth discussion i hear we have restored connection to the united states i think we can't have a camera though yeah unfortunately obs has decided to crash my computer so we're audio only now so i forgot what we were on about this is those times where people say we should pre-record this. Controlled airspace in the United States. Yes. Why it's different to British airspace and which one's better? <laughs> which one's better? Uh, firstly, I think it's fair to say that Mercedes doesn't control app. They won't have that level of... Well, actually... Um, what? What sort of dealing with VFR and zone traffic do you end up doing in the States? Because I've watched a bit, but not much. Because uh, due to the time zones. It's Bravo around an airport, isn't it, rather than Delta? Hmm. Um, the, that, that depends on what the airport specifically has. Um, for larger airports, um, for example, Cleveland, Detroit, um, JFK, Houston, etc., you're going to have a class Bravo airspace. For smaller airports, um, for example, Pittsburgh is considered, a, even though it's a, a Five, six runway airport, it's still considered a class Charlie airport. Um, and then you have your class deltas um, and so on that just the smaller they go, the the lower the ranking is. And that just changes up how um, how the restrictions are in those airspaces. But you, you never leave controlled airspace either, do you? Because it's like it's class E everywhere, I think. Uh, that That's correct, yes. Yeah. Whereas you can just sort of end up in class G, you're on your own around here. Um, that being said, um, the the higher airspaces um, that are not surrounding airports, if you're flying GA traffic, um, you'll still do um, you'll you'll still do pretty much the same as you would, um, like you were just saying. You know, you're kind of on your own um, if you're doing a GA plane um, until you get back into the Charlie and the Bravo zones. That makes sense. So, because yeah, we don't really have Charlie around airports or anything, do we, Alex? It's like Charlie's sort of confined to, is it the Hollyhead area? Charlie is high level airspace, but a low flight level 195. And all airspace above flight level 195 is uh, Charlie in the UK. But I think it's important yeah. to remember we're looking at this, me and Lenny particularly, we're looking at this from the perspective of UK controllers, where Compared to IK, the rest of IK world, uh, we have very different approaches to doing yeah. flight information services. UK is so, not IK or compliant in the slightest. Yeah, we are <laughs> definitely different in the UK. And finally, last but not least, um, so you started streaming and you started... Uh, did we ever get up to... Uh, how your tower training went. We never did, did we? How did your tower training go? Well, oh. um, there, there are clips on my Twitch stream if you want to see how badly it went. <laughs> did you get to stream your um, training? You streamed your I, mentoring session. I, I streamed my, my um, OTS, my over-the-shoulder test. Um, I failed my first one uh, due to just getting a bit overwhelmed and also forgetting uh, how to deal with helicopters. And that was entirely my own my own fault and i realized as much and it was funny because in my in my chat they were like oh no come on she should have passed i'm like no guys no it's okay if i didn't pass that i can take it again and i did you know i think three days later i took it again and passed it with flying colors because i'd much rather not be on network not knowing how to do things properly um i did not stream my my mentoring sessions um simply because I like to to give the impression that I actually know what I'm doing, but for anyone who's watched my streams, my Be Right Back screen literally says, I think I know what I'm doing. I have some <laughs> idea of what I'm doing. Um, I, I'm very much a, a proponent of fake it till you make it, but learn it while you go. And hey. because of that, I, I don't I don't have any problem letting people know I'm still a student. That's what S2 means. I'm a student level two. Um, so it was it was nerve wracking. Um, the the training and the testing um, was definitely learning something brand new to me because I don't fly 
Um, it was all, I'm, I'm a blank slate for my trainers, which they, they kind of like sometimes. Um, but you know, I made it, I'm doing tower now. And once this baby comes, I'll start in on approach and start frying my brain again with new things. <laughs> What's been your favorite thing about being a controller? Out of all your experience, what's been your favorite moment? Oh, gosh. Um, I think my favorite thing is seeing the same people coming back over and over and over and getting that feedback saying, you know, I've been to KDTW millions of times in real life as a pilot, and she sounds like she could actually be somewhere on network in real life. You know, that means a lot to me. Um seeing the same people, for example, Kinney Monster in your chat um, and uh, BMAC in your chat fly with me a lot. And seeing them in there every single week brings a smile to my face. Um, I've seen I've seen one pilot that came in um, his very first VATSIM flight. Uh, he came in for GA flight with me for patterns. And I walked him through step by step what everything meant. And now he comes in literally every Friday night and flies out with me. And it's like, oh yeah, there's, you know, and I spew out his call sign. All right, let's get you going. Let's get you on the end. He needs absolutely no help anymore. So to see him go from complete, completely nervous, me explaining what a pattern is to him, what, what base and downwind and crosswind and all, you know, what call your midfield downwind means, you know, to go from explaining all of that to him, to him doing now cross national flights you know, flying up to Canada, flying across the pond, seeing him go that far just means a lot. Just for me as, as a, as a controller, um, seeing, seeing Kitty Monster for me going to have to give progressive taxi every single time to, all right, here we go. We're going to give you your normal taxi, your normal route. All right. See you later. You know, granted, I don't get to talk to him as much, so it's not as much fun from the ATC side, but it means a lot to be able to, to see people grow and to see people progress as pilots. And I think that's my favorite part. Definitely. Well, I'm afraid that is we, all we've got time for today. Uh, well, thank you for having thank me Thank you on. so much for joining us. Uh, Meredith is at twitch.tv forward slash Meredith. Definitely make sure to go and drop her a follow because uh, she controls at times that I would consider unsociable. But to be fair... <laughs> I, I, can, I control every Monday and every Friday from about 2345 Zulu um, to um, about three, uh, two or three o'clock Zulu, depending on the night, depending on how tired I am. I'm awake for all of that. That's quite depressing. <laughs> well, why aren't you in my stream, man? Come on. Yeah, I've got to get in the stream more. Lenny is finishing Hello. his coursework. That's why. Yeah. Anyway, still to come on Flights and Weekly, we're going to be talking about, uh, well... We're going to be talking about what is the best way to train new pilots, uh, training resources as FS Academy announced a new jetliner. I, I, I'll be honest, this is going to be an interesting discussion now. We're going to talk about Mesh, New Zealand Mesh by Orbex release for Microsoft Flight Simulator. We're going to be talking about DC3 really quickly. And also, uh, well, this week, Katie was meant to be joining us. Katie Pilot was meant to be joining us. And uh, yeah, I'm the last minute standing over here. Unfortunately, uh, her poor kitty's run well. So we've had to bring in Lenny. But what uh, Katie has recently uh, been able to get some scenery developed to where her where she trained for her I think it was CPL? BPL? I'll have to check. I'm gonna quickly message her now. Um but Falcon Field in the States for MSFS. We're gonna be talking about what is it like getting sick why has sort of what's been going on with Niche airports being able to be created in MSFS so well. I'll remember how to word in a minute, I promise, Lenny. But first, uh, FS Academy. I don't know if you've ever heard of them before. Have you ever heard of them? Um, no. Are they, are they, are they like an ATO for Vatsim? No, they're not. That's my guess. They've already oh. apparently released uh, IFR and VFR packs for Microsoft Flight Simulator. But they're back with a jetliner pack, a payware jetliner pack. Teach the A320 for beginners. And it will. It's, so, what their blurb says is it's been developed alongside a real world A320 captain, London Gallic to Barcelona over a series of trips. And it demonstrates various phases of flight. 
I have a problem with this. Wait, is this built in to, um, like, does this integrate with the flight sim? Yes, it does. It does. So they're charging money to learn, basically, to train you how to uh, fly the A320neo. Yesovo A320neo. I mean, if you're willing to pay, then sure. But the issue is the Yesovo A320neo is not fit for purpose. So, that, that, dare I say it, my main for, all, for, all I've said, for all I've said, for all I've uh, been not the nicest sport of FSA at times, Flight Sim Association, their tutorials for new pilots, I believe, are free. And getting used to stuff is free as well. I, I think it's unreasonable to expect hey, a plane that's barely flyable and a tutorial how to fly it. Yeah, because that thing, like, sometimes it just decides that it's not going to do things. Like, I'm not sure if it's the assist, but occasionally someone who, like a pilot who I know knows exactly what they're doing, and sometimes real-world pilots who I know are real-world pilots, sometimes their plane will just decide to do something. And it's like, oh, we just decided to turn the wrong way, and or to go right when it's meant to go left, or to not descend. It's like, oh. I mean, it's got better. Okay. <laughs> it's definitely got better. But... It's still not the best, I will admit that. I think yeah. it's got to be careful that a lot of flight sims issues in the past have been pricing people out. And we definitely need to have a more in-depth discussion on, as a whole, is the flight sim hobby too expensive? And we might just do a whole episode on that, a whole special, I'm not sure. Yeah. But there is definitely that issue. And I think stuff like this, charging for a plane that's barely flyable... <laughs> Flying, charging for a study level tutorial package for a plane that barely can fly. Study level. Barely is barely is generous. Uh, like, so I don't, I don't oh. go against the idea. I just think plane they're doing it with. To be fair, does this work with the A320 mod or is it not? No, I don't believe now it's been forked. I will have to go and ask the fly by why I see about that. Definitely will. But they, I don't think it will, and that would make it even worse if it doesn't work with the flyback wire. Yeah, because that mod made made the the plane usable, and it's actually a rel it's actually relatively good when you put the mod on now, isn't it? Definitely. I mean, and like I said to the flyback wire team themselves, they've put so much effort into improving that aircraft, and it's not a hundred percent yet. I don't think anyone would claim it is, but it's getting there. It's getting there. Incredibly quickly, did. a whole lot better. And considering that it's a freeware effort, I think that is amazing. So, well, well done to Fly My Wire. Yeah. Uh, by the way, it's, it's like it's like Zebo, isn't it? Because when 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 people just do it and they put it on the internet for free, you're like, wow, you know that. Like, thank you, thank you for donating this to us. I guess. Yeah, I mean. This is the thing. It's shocking to people almost, really. And that's sort of, sort of a sad side of the community. But hopefully, with MSFS and what we'll talk about later, this will change. What hasn't changed, though, is Orbex have managed to release a scenery product, a, a, a wide-scale scenery product from Microsoft Light Simulator. And to be fair... I'm impressed. So, Orbex have released their New Zealand mesh, Microsoft Flight Simulator, and um, what they have said, they have said, is it includes 10 meter resolution, but it will in future bring LiDAR data, which has resolution up to one meter. This major upgrade from the original mesh. Now, mesh is one of those things I think goes forgotten in Flight Sim. I genuinely think it does. Because I'm just... I know these photos will have been cherry-picked uh, by all yeah, this. Make... They've picked mountains and, you know, sort of breathtaking scenery, but at the mm. end of the day, you're more likely to be flying over the middle of Auckland than you are of this. But so, so it was interesting because the FS Elite comment section, for all I may think it is a bit silly at times, uh, did actually have some very interesting thoughts on this. And Frank uh, said... It's subtle but noticeable. And in Flight Simulator, there is a lot of things that are subtle but noticeable. 
And I'm just going to check the store really quickly how much this costs from Morbex. So it's nine. It's eight pound eighty. So it's fifteen ninety five Australian dollars. We have so many improvements. Yeah, for the entirety of New Zealand, like it's just fair to say their global products are dead for MSFS. Like they were never going to come due to the nature. At the end of the day, MSFS comes basically with Orbix Vector pre-installed, doesn't it? Because I'm guessing this mesh is like specific to location mm. rather than it being the yeah. generic tiles that they would ship with the... I think it was the Orbix Global Mesh for P3D. If you didn't get Vex, they should ship some generic tiles and it would autofill them, wouldn't it? But like, I think if uh, Nepal Orbex, if you're watching, I know you probably are, but if you're watching Nepal, because... Uh, uh, I did my first flight in MSFS in Nepal, and I've I've seen those mountains in real life, and I will tell you they're vastly underwhelming in the sim. Like that is the one thing out of all the train that's not made me happy with MSFS because there are really really exciting peaks, and it's just really flat and it's really sad. To be fair though, people rip into MSFS for not simulating this kind of thing properly, but it's a whole lot better than what you see in any other simulator because like. The other simulators currently have the edge on aircraft because they've been around longer, so they will. But like, you can't you can't complain about the scenery in MSFS by comparison. It's just a lot better. Yeah, I mean, clouds as well. I'm still trying to figure out my P3D clouds. They just never work. Um, as well... My default clouds. <laughs> uh, for those of, speaking of uh, planes that cost money, uh, as we were earlier... PMDG have re- uh, previewed the DC-6. Is it a or DC-3 or a DC-6? DC-6, or uh, Cloudmaster for MSFS. So they released okay. it in 2016 for X-Plane 10, P3D, V4, and F3, uh, well, P3D, V3, V4, and FSX in 2017. I think Robert, who's in charge of PMDG, really likes the uh, DC-6, if as far as I'm aware. Maybe because it's the it's the only prop plane they've ever come out with, isn't it? And I think it's also they the own only a plane. Boeing, I think that they've ever come out with. Yeah, I think they own no, they own a DC something. This is, isn't a DC six, is it? Well, I'm going to have to check now. Yeah, but anyway, I'm looking now. So at the moment, I'm intrigued by this. But equally, again, it's a very niche plane. Well, well, I say I'd argue thing? it's more niche than the Sharklets, because at least it's the Sharklets. Yes, and no, because I think with PMDG's development style, it will be well suited. But equally, I feel like MSFS is very much at the moment. It's more arcadey. Yeah, think I, I both agree with you there. Most people would agree that it's more arcadey. And as we said, advanced aircraft are coming, and that's really good. But Team DG, it, for me to respect that, for me to respect the sim more, I, I've, as much as the DC 6 is a lovely plane, it's a vanity project for Roberto, Robert Randanzo. It's, uh, it is something that I'd expect to see out of Caronada rather rather than hmm. out of PMDG on in general based on their other products. But if it's come out of PMDG, like you, we can probably trust that it's going to be very very high quality, especially since they've produced very it very high price as well. This is true, but you can't complain about the quality of the product you get from PMDG. But also, we talk about overhyping stuff. They're now previewing enough planes, despite the fact they already previewed the seven three seven. And we know the 737 isn't coming for many months now. This is true. So this is probably a year down the line. Yeah, you sort of wonder maybe they should hype one product at once. Yeah. Although, t- to be honest, I I do feel like the DC-6 is was is an amazing thing if you want to fly historic stuff. At least as a Vatsum controller, I am slightly worried because there's only you're worried about any plane that doesn't fit into a normal weight category lenny there's only no it fits into a weight category no there's 15 of them still flying my worry is the chances are this is going to be a very very realistic modeling so it's not going to be able to do arnav and that's going to open a whole new kettle of fish if someone tries to fly one out of heathrow or into heathrow 
You've heard it here first. When Lenny's on Heathrow, don't fly into DC6. There we go. No, when Lenny's on, you can fly to DC6, but I am wary of it. And wrapping up, because unfortunately, uh, my dad recently has just been asking me to do most random things, and uh, I might need to go and... uh, I don't think I can really discuss it on stream. But basically, actually, you know, I can. Basically, my dad wants me by fishing. They don't want you to go fishing. And I don't, I don't know why I said I can't discuss on stream because I absolutely can. I'm just like, I'm going to have no idea how to fish. Like, I'm worried. But anyway, which this also means because we want to get going before. Goes totally dark. Like it's raining. Like why does he want me to try to Anyway. Fishing in the rain. Oh well. Right, okay. You I'll can tell the quick bits. Um I think we're gonna save the scene discussion for next week, definitely. Uh okay. quick bits. Well we've got two weeks of news to go over, very briefly, but we will fire through. Uh firstly, Axonos has released Pit of Airport for MSFS. Default jetways still. This is the first thing I'm going to say. Default jetways. I the next plane is default jetways are not motorised. So these, no, this is for MSFS. And hmm. they are... Is there no sode yet for MSFS or something like that? Because I think that sort of thing... I mean, it looks a very nice scenery. But the default jetways... <laughs> I'm sorry. That's... The new jetways will come in time, but those default jetways aren't as bad as what you get in some sims, in fairness. Like, it's a whole lot better than what you got in FSX, so I'm still not going to complain. As well, uh, any builds just today have announced an autosave, um, which I think is... So I didn't realise that you couldn't just FSUIPC autosave like in P3D in X-Plane until very recently, and Lenny flies in X-Plane. Yes, he does. Um, and autosave is just a thing we have. Like you can just. I didn't realise it was built on. into the planes, whereas we just use FSUIPC if we want autosave, and it saves everything, and all the add-ons integrate into that. So any builds have introduced autosave. Is this for their whole range of things? So they've announced it for the whole range today. Uh, okay. They announced it in a Q&A. And okay. it'll be interesting to see. I, I to be honest, autosave. Because uh, Ryan uh, will tell you, I've seen Ryan sim crash a lot. Jamie seems to have a lot of issues in X-Plane. A lot of... A lot of... I know X-Plane's more reliable than P3D at times, but equally... The... Um, oh, I'd say Vulcan isn't the most reliable thing. It keeps turning itself off for me. But yeah, I know what you mean. X-Plane is relatively reliable. Mm. It doesn't crash mid-flight usually. Sorry, I was just looking at our next article and I'm just going to have to drag the photo in. I'm just going to have to drag the photo in. I'm going to put it over as... This is Knock Airport by Boundless. Now, I'm going to be doing a flight there next week for my stream. But I've just seen the advert they've got on the... I'm going to zoom in. Uh, If you're not watching on the podcast... Wait, is that a Donald advert? That is a Donald advert. Yes. Donald Trump. Down with high fares. Down with high down with high walls. Nine dollars not nine nine euros ninety-nine at Ryanair. I can't I just can't believe they put that in. You're right. On a scenery. It's just amazing. Um it's definitely amazing. I'm it looks very nice to boundless sceneries, and boundless always tend to do a good job. Hopefully it's not as an FPS intensive as Stansted. You know what I've noticed? What? All the Enterprise vans have the same registration. That's a, such a niche point to mention. <laughs> I know, but it's annoying me. <laughs> and oh, last but not least, I want to remind, want to thank you all. But this is from me. We hit a thousand subscribers. Well, Katie, with her new channel, was the thousand subscriber to my YouTube channel. I want to thank... Uh, Katie, for being the 1,000 subscribers. We've hit it like three times now, but hopefully this is the time we hit it once and for all. 
Um, we're going to be doing some new things with Flights and Weekly soon. I've got to admit, we are in our post. It's all, I genuinely, that comparison to Piers comes back to my head. What, you, you're calling Ripley Piers Morgan there, so I'd be careful. No, but he's not Piers Morgan, to be fair. You're not that bad, Pip. <laughs> you're not that. Tom, you're much better than Piers, I will say that. But uh, uh, we are going to be trying to format a bit more in the next few weeks. We want to make it more intense debates. We want to make it, we want to make it more lively rather than just a review of news. Uh, hopefully, when I'm not snowed under with exams and Lenny gets a bit more prep time, we will be able to do that a lot better. Um, I good, if I get enough notice to buy a camera, because I got told after all the shops closed because it's Sunday. So would I you actually bought a camera for it, though? No. But that's not the point. But um, we are going to be trying to get some new guest hosts in the next few weeks. Uh, that will be exciting. Once again, guys, if you haven't already subscribed to the YouTube channel, it's uh, youtube.com forward slash agent squash. You've also got uh, Spotify. If you're listening on iTunes, make sure to follow there. Um, we'll be back next week, 1700 Zulu. We're going to be interviewing Flight Sim Association. Yes, that's going to be a very exciting interview. Uh, it was the first issue we discussed on the podcast, and dare I say it, my opinion has mellowed a bit on it. But they reached out to us. They said they want to discuss what we think of it. We're going to, we're going to be with Evan uh, from Flight uh, Sim Association to discuss what you guys think. We're going to be posting something on the Reddit r slash Flight Sim Weekly so you guys have a chance to ask your questions for what we're going to ask to Evan next week. Once again, guys, thank you so, so much for watching Flight Sim Weekly. Ryan, why have you three subbed to my Twitch? Thank you so, so much for all the support, guys. Seriously, we shall see you uh, next week. Thanks for watching, guys.